Live from Vanadil. Limit Break Radio. With your host, Anne Nero, Callo, Argit Lamp, and Sale. Welcome to the next level. LimitBreakRadio.com. Welcome to the fourth edition of Limit Break Radio. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Aniro, being the best Dark Knight that I can possibly be. And Limit Break Radio is one and only treasure-hunting whore. I'm Kahlo. Sale, the one that has to farm just to get one drop of the sea of black magic into my mouth. And Arjelan, coming to you with Spirits Within. Now, last time on the show... We had our first guest. His name was Spaz. He was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with Spaz. We thank him for coming on the show. Shout out to Spaz. Love you, Mom, man. <laughs> Love you, Spaz. This this week, in continuing with that tradition, and this is going to be a continuing tradition, we have Gamer joining us from the world of Pandemonium. Gamer, what's up? Uh, nothing much. Just glad to be here. Great. Now, since this is your first time on the show, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, as you said, I'm from Pandemonium. I have a level 71 Paladin, which I love to play, and just sit around in Juno and look at his shiny armor. Also a 68, 68 Black Mage, which, you know, is, is a nice change of pace. And then a Beastmaster at level 50, which you know, gives me the solo opportunities. Aside from experience points, I also do a lot of crafting. I have a level 100 Alchemist and a 64 Goldsmither. Wow. Well, of course, you encompass uh, the one part of the game that really none of us have even touched on, and that's crafting. So uh, we're, we're really glad to uh, to have you here. Yay, having an expert. Um, uh, speaking of uh, the fact that you have a paladin, we have an email here from uh, Varout, a level 75 White Mage from Titan. And uh, he writes in um, asking Arj... Uh, as a paladin, how do you prefer white mages to operate in a party situation? And since we have Gamer here too, we have uh, dual collaboration on this particular topic. So, Well, for me, I use my cures to create more hate. So I would like a white mage to allow me to get a, a few cures off first. Don't worry about me getting into, say, the yellow or even the orange sometimes because I need that first few cures of HP so that I can get all the hate that I can right at the beginning of the battle. I've had so many parties where white mages just start curing as soon as I take the damage, and I'm not able to get that added enmity at the very beginning. Gamer, how about you? Um, I agree with Argent Lam over here that you don't want your white mage healing you as soon as you take damage. And it also depends on how fast the mob attacks. If you have a fast attacking mob, it may be harder to get your cures off, and you may need that extra healing. That's true if something has, like, double attack or even triple attack, too. Yeah, it's really important for mages to just space their spells. I, I We cannot stress that enough. Yeah. yeah. I usually throw out a cure three at myself once I take, like, 300 points of damage and usually ask the white mage not to heal me unless I go below maybe 600 points of damage taken. Right. So, uh, as a rule of thumb, it's not really the color of the HP, but a set number of hit points? For me, yes. Okay, and uh, did you go by the uh, red HP? Yeah, well, no, it's uh, yellow is uh, when I start curing myself, and then once I think it's orange is the next color down, uh, if I haven't been able to get a first cure off by then, that's when I ask them to start curing me ASAP. Now, uh, do you guys prefer, like, a little bit of wiggle room in between, like, you know, uh, always, like, down a couple hundred or two hundred just in case, or do you try to keep yourself at full health? I try to keep myself as full as possible, especially when I'm trying to use spirits within. Uh, 
because spirits within is a is a weapon skill that is determined by how much percent tp you have and how much hp you have if you really have, i i actually i didn't know that oh well uh i yeah, actually uh, i knew that it had something to do with the hp but until recently i didn't know exactly uh, yeah. what the formula was it's it's not exactly half uh hp but if you have 300 percent tp it it, you do just about half HP damage to the mob. I mean, that could be good for god-type fights in there where you just build TP and go at it. But for me, I usually have a few hundred below just in case if I need to get hate back, I can throw a cure at myself without it going to waste. Uh, Varro continues in his email asking how the auto-refresh job trait has changed the way you play the job. Well, for me, the auto-refresh, it helps. Like, it's, it's not an incredible help to me but it does help when it at times that i really need it because before auto refresh i would have probably like two or three mp that i needed just to get one more cure off if i needed a lot of hate yeah and but now with that it's an immense help now all i have to wait is just a couple ticks for the mp to get what i need to throw off another cure if i if i don't have a refresher at the time sure oh yeah um now here's a question for you how many mp do you gain per tick it's the same as the summoner's auto refresh just one mp just one does the red mage's refresh stack on top of your own auto refresh yes Yes, it does Oh, yeah. Awesome. Aren't all refreshes stackable? Like, you can stack a Bard refresh, Corsair refresh, an auto refresh, a, you know, if you have gear that gives you refresh, and, and a Red Mage refresh, you can you can stack all of those. And can't Sanction. You? Yeah, yes, and Sanction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not running out of MP anytime soon. Yeah, if that's the case, yeah, there's no way that you're running out of MP. Unless all right, you're uh, trying. Gamer, how about you? Uh, I remember exactly when we got auto refresh. I was level 67. And after that, I decided, you know, I want to skill up shield a little bit because we also got a big shield update. So I went to Kufdal Tunnel and I was able to solo Robert Crabs just fine with auto refresh. I could throw Cure 4 out and then by the end of the battle, have enough MP to do it again. No kidding. It was unbelievable so now has it has it greatly affected your ability to solo yes same thing the shield update also had a big deal with that we block more often sounds like a lifesaver yeah it sure does especially once it stacks with all the other refreshes you gotta love the two mp per tick you get if you have no refresh in your party and go to the new areas yeah Right now, I remember back in the day, um, it used to be that paladins would usually refuse to skill chain and do weapon skills at all. And, you know, now that uh, SE has been throwing out all these different types of refresh, uh, paladins are usually sometimes used in skills skill chains quite often I, you know, I, I have to in my party partying experiences, I don't think I've ever skill chained with a paladin. No. never. I don't think so. Not that I can recall, at least. One would think that it would actually help to get some hate to go with a skill chain. I've never actually skill chained with anybody at all as a paladin. The only time I ever use uh, weapon skills that would actually determine, that would actually help with hate would be Spirits Within. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I must just be the odd man out then. I've actually done darkness skill chains with Swift Blade in a TP burn party as my paladin. I set up damage dealing gear and just went damage dealing. No kidding. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what you have to do end game. Yeah. You know, that actually brings a question to me. Sure. Um, 
if you get a light skill chain off, maybe yeah. they would be able to get a lot more hate if they uh, had some sort of light magic that they could hit in holy. magic burst. Holy. holy. You guys, it, what what level do you get holy at? 50, 55. Oh. 55? 55. Yeah. I mean, I, the, you guys can totally magic burst with yeah. light skill chains. Yeah. I've done flash on accident before. And it, and it, and it, it, uh, it magic burst. bursted? That's great. For blind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I think it would be pretty useful, especially for a tank. Sure. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, moving right along. Uh, Gamer, you said that uh, you have quite a bit of experience crafting. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I've done a lot of crafting over the time. I've started, I started crafting when I first started the game, went with goldsmithing, decided, you know, go for alchemy. I took that all the way to 100 and then decided to take up goldsmithing. Now, what people may think about crafting is that it's very expensive. And yes, it is expensive, but if you plan it right and do your research, You'll be able to make that money back in no time. Sure. A- as of right now, what is what is your total uh, accumulation of gill between not only not only yourself but all of the various mules that I'm sure that you have? On one of my mules, I have about 7.7 million wow. gill from crafting just one item. But now that market's been flooded, so I gotta wait for that to balance out. Which item? A level 72 katana that added effects done. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, the okay. HQ of it used to sell for 300k. Now it goes for 200k, and it costs maybe, if I get lucky, I can make them for 10k. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge return on investment yeah. right there. So uh, how long did it take you to get uh, Alchemy to 100, and about how much would you say that it uh, cost you? Overall, it, I probably profited taking it all the way there because I did a lot of research and found what sells very well. Sure, sure. But time-wise, I'd probably say it was a few months because I did it nonstop. Wow, so you totally quit XPing and you just worked on crafting? Yep. That's amazing. I don't think I would have the patience for that at all. Crafting seems like it's the thinking man's game. You gotta go with what's popular, what's um, got a lot of stuff, what doesn't, so you can charge as much. Yeah, you really have to watch the market trends. Like, I've been watching some items, and I know exactly when to sell them and when to buy them to get the maximum amount of profit. Now, what do you think about price gougers, especially, like, crafting price gougers? I know that um, on Titan for a long time, Soul Sushi was extremely inflated and now has finally dropped back down to, like, 30K. When I saw that, I bought, like, nine stacks, I think. How does How does price gouging affect you? Price gouging doesn't really affect me as much because I, I can buy my own materials and then synth the items that are needed to make the bigger items. But you got to remember, with synthesizers, price gouging, it's usually because farmers or fishermen... Uh, yeah, I was actually just going to mention that, is that, you know, when when Soul Sushi was so inflated, a lot of my uh, a lot of my friends who had cooking skilled up, they, uh, they were complaining that, um, what is it, Black Soul? Yeah. Is that the fish? That uh, Black Soul was really inflated, so... So, I mean, I understand that there is a pyramid there, but... Yeah, price gougers do exist, and I'll admit I'm guilty of it sometimes, so I can make an item for 20k and then sell it for 70 <laughs> well, I mean, you know, granted, I, I think that um, with crafting, there is um, there is a certain amount of, you know, there are only X amount of people who have crafting skilled up, and of course, they have to synth the items. So, you know, I think that it's it's almost fair to um, raise the price on something just because you've invested so much time and so much money too into that craft. So, buying synth materials for maybe 10k and selling it for 
for 70, that doesn't seem to me like a real big markup. When I talk about price gouging, I'm talking about the guys that are trying to sell like for like, you know, 200, 300, 400K more than it would normally go for. Yeah, I've had lots of experience with that with somber clusters, which are a big, which is a big ingredient what I synth. It went from 200, actually went from 50 to 200, now to 500K all within a month. Wow. And I still make a profit on what I use it for. (laughs) We talk about inflation. Yeah, there's a prime example. It's it's a stock market of Vanadil. Everything else has dropped down, though. Everything. Wow. Wow. So uh, um, a lot of people, or like for me at least, when I was first deciding to get into crafts, a lot of the time online you read that there's uh, a lot of different things that factor into how successful you are. Like, you know, some people, uh, obviously the day, depending on the crystal and the crafts, and some people even say that the direction you face um, affects if your chances of being like high quality items or stuff like that. Really? That sounds that like sounds little, that sounds a little superstitious. To I, me. I've read it. Not just a little superstitious, a little too feng shui. Yeah, I've heard that too, and I've actually tried it. And I haven't seen a difference based on direction, but day greatly does affect results. Oh yeah. Results. Oh, that does. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That that yeah. If it's light stay, dark stay, you know, whatever. Don't sit on light stay. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Yeah. Lose all your materials. I've lost several thousands of k something on light stay and losing materials. Yeah, right. that, that's, a, that's a good point. Always look at the day. If you're going to get into crafting, look at what day it is. Uh, here's another question for you. What was your very first high-quality item like that you were most proud of? That I was most proud of was I HQ'd a Hataku eye cluster. Even though there's no high-quality synth for it, I got it. No nope, showed the animation for it. I'm like, wow, that's that, cool. That is cool. <laughs> that is very cool. I'm sure that you can make a killing off of synthing eye clusters, though. Yeah, I've had people come to me and ask to send them. I would, I usually don't charge them, and they tip me. I've mm-hmm. made anywhere from thirty to hundred k per cluster. It, it's funny when I when I went to go get mine, my cluster uh, synth. Uh, the person who synthed it for me, I originally tipped them hundred k, and they were like, "Well, that's a little bit light." I said, "Excuse me." And they, they were like, you, yeah, usually I get tipped 200 to 300K. It's like, whoa, wait a minute here. And then he was like, oh, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Was this during inflation? No, uh-uh, no, this, uh, maybe it was. I don't know. To be honest, I can't, I, it was so long ago, I can't remember. Um, I have a question for you. From your experimentation, which one would you recommend for people just getting into crafting? If you want to make a quick bit of gill, I suggest maybe taking goldsmithing to 20 because you can do copper, which you can buy from the guild sheep and sell it at the auction house, and then you can do brass and then silver, which are all consumable items, and those are what usually sells good and for a bit of profit. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what's your level on bone crafting? Currently, it's level 20 because I haven't uncapped it yet, but I plan on taking that to at least 70 because I need it to level up goldsmithing. Ah, uh, yeah, wow. because uh, that's actually the craft that uh, I'm interested in eventually getting into. So when you did alchemy, you know, you took it from 1 to 100. Were you out constantly farming for more gill, or from when you started to when you ended, you were able to sell and recycle your gill back and forth? I was able to recycle my gill. There are spots where, yeah, you do lose gill, but that, that synth up ahead, you can gain a lot of gill from selling it okay my next question for you then is do you think you could help me come up with a financial plan to get my bone crafting to 100 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Kylo, but there's no thieves' way out of this. You're not in my server, so it doesn't affect my market. <laughs> I'll find a way. <laughs> I want my dragon gear. Good luck. Yeah, it's seriously. Expensive. Yeah, Extremely. it is. It is. Well, all all um, JSE seventy one JSE equipment is really ex- just outrageously expensive. For the most part, yeah, I haven't really made anything yet because it's mostly high level leather and cloth, which I yeah. haven't taken past fifty either of them. So uh, I have a question uh, for uh, the rest of you. Um, now I'm sure at one time or another we've all at least considered getting into crafting. Yeah. So. Uh, Personally, you know, what what would you guys like to level and uh, why? Uh, well, for me, I'm already in cooking, mostly because of the tacos. And I just found out recently in a recent update that they finally added plus one tacos, but they're not worth buying on my server anyway. Just to clarify, there have always been plus one tacos, but until they recently changed the cap on them, they were nearly impossible to synth because you need an HQ level two on a synth that you couldn't break the 11 tier for. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I didn't I, I didn't even know that. They recently changed the cap to like 84, so now that you can break the 11 tier, you will see very rarely an HQ level 2. Sure. Which will get you six HQ tacos. And I've used a few of them. They're not too bad. Now, um, I know that for some foods, uh, the high quality just increases duration. Um, so is it on some it increases duration and on some foods it actually increases the stats too? Well, when I I looked at this online, it does increase the duration from a half hour to an hour. And then I'm not sure if this is 100% correct because some websites said that it wasn't different, but some said that they were. Some said that the percentage of defense that you get is a little tiny bit higher than the others. All right. Well, um, I actually have been looking at a lot of the crafts and – it's a really hard choice for me. One of them that I want to at least try, I don't know what the main draw of it is fishing. That's something I wanted to do just to see how it was. I, I mean, I've screwed around with fishing before, not enough to actually like you know gain any <laughs> gain any experience on it, but I mean, I've screwed around with it before and uh, um, it's really boring. It is. It's uh, it's real tedious. I think that I've spent probably a total of 24 to 30 hours fishing. This was back before all the major updates. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, my fishing skill is like 0. 0.4. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was either that or I wanted to try um, either leather or cloth. Uh, for what reason? It Just because I hear all of these other things about all the other ones like alchemy and you just mentioned bone crafting mm-hmm. not too long ago. I want to see what those offer. Because I haven't heard anything about them. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, you know, I, I really don't know, to be honest. Uh, like I said, crafting really doesn't uh, doesn't interest me. Although I have been curious about gardening, um, which is something that I've wanted to try for a little bit. Uh, other than that, I, I really have no aspirations to do any kind of uh, any kind of crafting. Quick note, Annie, um, your chocobo might not die, but plants will. Oh, I know plants will. <laughs> oh, I know that. Your mogul can only do so much. And uh, for me, it, it, it is between bone crafting and alchemy. Bone crafting, obviously, because of uh, said dragon harness. Right. And uh, for alchemy, because uh, really, you know, you guys have seen the prices of uh you know, sneak oils and uh, powders it's, and whatnot. It's true. I mean, those are one of the most mm-hmm. most widely consumed, uh, you know, uh, items at all in the game. And a note about oils and powders is that if you can't not 
make a high quality synth of them where you can synth 10 or 12 of them at a time i wouldn't even bother you you'll probably end up losing money oh really you think so you usually run out of the market by people who can do that i know i'm sitting on 16 stacks of oil oh, because wow. the price is not at a pl- at a level where i think i should sell them at ah yeah and it just seems like alchemy is the place to really go though because um i've been farming things lately so i can get black magic since it's expensive sure um, and I noticed that one of the alchemy things is beehive chips, and they go for around, I'd say, 12k a stack. Yeah, that sounds about right. That that's um, the least. Sometimes it's 13k. I've even seen it gone up a little bit. Actually, actually, during inflation, what I, I know that we we were talking about that because I was farming beehive chips like crazy la- during last uh, winter's inflation, mm-hmm. and I think that they were as high as. Ah, oh, 30k. Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was, it was really ridiculous. It was the uh, same on our server. Right now, they're going for I think 10 to 12, and during times of inflation, they're as high as 20 to 30k. Right. Yeah. Which means that bees are practically extinct during that time. Sure. You know, on the last couple of shows, we covered uh, a lot of events that higher-level players can do. Uh, for example, Ballista and Brenner, uh, and Assaults and Besieged. So uh, we were thinking that uh, it would be really nice to uh, cover an event that even low-level players can uh, be involved in, and that's Garrison. So, Kala, do you want to talk a little bit about Garrison? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, uh, what Garrison is, is it can take place in every region at your local outpost. Now, each region has a specific item, which is a rare X item that you have to get. For Saruta Baruta, for example, it's a 7-knot Quippus, and they're dropped off of different types of beastmen, and what they uh, are is they, they're supposed to uh, represent uh, ways of communicating between beastmen tribes on ways to invade said region. Now, what you do is you take this item to uh, the outpost in that region. So if you were to farm the 7-knot from Gideas, for example, get together a group of people you usually want anywhere from two parties to a full alliance you trade it to the uh outpost guard and it starts the garrison event now what happens in garrison is based on how many people you have so let's say you have a full alliance that's 18 people 18 npcs will spawn and then garrison starts now what happens is waves of beastmen will come at you and along with your alliance and the npcs you have to defend against the the beastmen now, the whole point, obviously, is to kill the beastmen, but at the same time, the more NPCs you have alive at the end of the event, the better rewards you get. You also get rewards as you kill the beastmen. Uh, normally, they're things like garrison uh, equipment, the garrison boots, yeah. tunic, things like that, and also mannequin parts. Oh, I didn't know mannequin parts dropped off mm-hmm. garrison. Yep. And, mannequin um, parts? Uh, yes, uh, mannequins is a quest you can get uh, to add storage space to your mog house, and it'll oh. actually be displayed as if the, there was a, a you know a character right. in your you in your mog house. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, cool. Yeah, it, right. it, I mean, it pretty much does what it you know what it, it's it's supposed to be a mannequin, and it acts like a mannequin. It's actually really cool. You can deck out your uh, your mog house and make it look all cool. Yeah, and I've actually I think I've seen one of these garrisons in the dunes. Actually, I was oh, sitting yeah. there waiting for mm-hmm. a party at near the outpost, and all. All of a sudden, I just saw waves upon waves of beastmen, and I was wondering, what's going on? Yeah. Why? Why are there so many? And why are there these NPCs I've never seen before? Now, actually, here's a question for you, Kahlo. Um, 
when a garrison starts, now waves of beastmen come. And, and anyone can anyone else in that zone attack any of those garrison beastmen? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's what and, I thought. And um, usually it's a good idea to stay away because I mean. I haven't really done a garrison since the MPK rules have changed, but beforehand, uh, whenever like you know we do it in Suruta Baruta or Ronfair or mm-hmm. Gustaberg, you know any lonely uh, newbies that walk by usually end up HPing. Really? Yep. Yeah. And so usually it consists of uh, three to four waves, and uh, you know you talk to the the outpost guard. For the first wave will come in, and among the normal beastmen, and it's not not normal to that region. Like uh, you'll have Usually a couple, uh, like for example, if you do it in Ron Fair, you know, level cap is level 20, mm-hmm. you usually have level 30, level 40 mobs coming at you. Yeah. And there's usually two or three uh, actual NM mobs that check is impossible to gauge, and the strategy usually is to have a ninja kite the two of them around while you take out all the stragglers, mm-hmm. then have them bring it back in, finish the first wave, you get a chance to rest, uh, heal up the different NPCs, talk to the outpost guard again to start the second wave. Now, is, are all garrisons capped to level 20? No. Depending on the region, uh, some are level 20 capped, 30, 40, 50, all the way up to uncapped. Okay. But uh, primarily, uh, garrisons are looked at as a lower-level event because they're easier to organize, yeah. easier to farm the uh, pieces, and they're mm-hmm. just a lot easier to put together. I know that uh, when when Sale and I were doing uh, your Kazan keys, mm-hmm. uh, I got a 7-knot quip as that dropped. So, I don't know. Maybe oh. I'll try to uh, organize a little garrison. That would be kind of fun. Gar- Gar- Is there any benefit to doing the higher-level garrisons? Like, Do you get any better drops at the for, like say, the 30 compared to the 20 or so? the uncapped or something that's a really good point oh yeah uh as you go the drops do get better uh per uh you know depending on the level cap sure and um usually the reason or the prizes for like uh the lower the level 20 caps uh include uh the experience books and then oh yeah uh, yeah everyone gets a little bit of gill you also get the garrison and the mannequin type drops and um for example there's also uh take for example the kalshushu region which uh, would take place in buburimu peninsula some of the drops include military spear, pole, pick, harp, gun, axe, and then uh, various mannequin parts. Um, if you go to the Li Talor region, variable ring, cape, protein ring, mercutial earring, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So every region has a different set of rewards you can get based on this. And it should also be noted that let's say you're planning on doing a garrison run in Saruta Baruta. Chances are it's under Windurstian control, so only those of the Windurst nation can trade the item to the outpost guard, oh. but anyone can still participate. No kidding. Okay. So That's good. if you're going to uh, uh, plan a garrison run for your link shell, find out which region um, you're going to do it in. Find out who in the link shell, you know, which is necessary. nation is more prominent. Sure. Have them go and farm the different uh the dr- the drop the, 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 the drop items and that way you have more to do it even when you're in the party with a person you can just if you get the thing you can just go into treasure and drop it so that you don't get it if you're Pass not it. yeah right if you don't mm-hmm. if you're not of that region and um once you initiate a garrison you can't start another one for another 15 minutes oh yeah so you know that should you know just be thrown out there but yeah the, the more people you have the better chance you have of rewards so uh, that's Garrison, and you know I'm, I've done it a couple times. I had a link shell that we used to do it every fri- Friday, and um, you know it's a lot of fun for one, 
you sometimes get a little bit of experience out of it based on the Dragon Chronicles, and uh, garrison items usually sell for pretty good. Yeah. The, oh, the, I know the that those. House. Yeah, those garrison tunics are going for over 100k. I know that. That's something that maybe we should look into uh, getting some of our link shells into. You know, I, I I'd like to do that. I'd like to be able to organize a garrison run eventually. I'd, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it'd be able to involve everybody practically. This next topic comes from Lariel on our message boards, and uh, he says that uh, once once some players hit level 75, they seem to get a little bit of an ego, and by a little bit, I mean a fairly large ego. But uh, I thought that that was a really good uh, it was it was a it was a good topic suggestion, but I wanted to expand on it a little bit and uh, move this into a general discussion about etiquette. Because there are always, and and I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna quote Lariel. There are always those asshats out there that uh, like to try to, you know, ru- the world. He, he, ruin a uh, farming run, ruin a, you know, camping, or just ruin a party, or ruin an entire link shell. Those people seem to have quite a talent for ruining things. Oh yes. Um. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about etiquette uh, first in parties. All right, uh, and I think one of the biggest rules too is um, we re- everyone levels a lot of different jobs, and whenever you see someone that you think you can help improve, comments and suggestions are always welcome, but, but not demands. And pro- yep, that's right. Follow proper etiquette. Send it in a tell. Yes. Do not say it in a party. For love of God. And do not say it. Yep. Saying, oh, that too. Shouting, link shell, parties, keep it to a tell. No, not only that, okay, and, and we've talked about we've talked about bad players in parties before. Mm. It happens. And and you know, not all the time. Most of the time it's their fault, but not all the time it is. Sometimes they're brand new to the game. They don't know how a party system works. We've all been there. We've all had our first party and screwed up. We've all screwed up. Yeah. And what really makes me mad is when obviously someone who is new to the game is in a party of mine and then the leader, you know, I uh, who would not be me, but the leader would boot them and then start spamming shouts about how no one should take them as uh, you know, into their party, and I think that's just in general obnoxious. And I and anyone that I ever see saying stuff like that, I always automatically blacklist them because there's no reason that you should harp on anyone. Mm. There are bad players. Don't get me wrong. There are bad players, but there are, there's no reason to go out there and smear their name just because they're bad in that party does not mean that they are always bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectly they could be having an off day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect example, actually. Uh, there was this one time that I was in a party, and uh, I've talked about this in a previous show, to where you always throw up sneak attack before you go out on a pull, right? Sure. Well, we were in uh, the Labyrinth of Anzozo, and I just went out to pull. As I'm coming back, you know, I forgot that I had to throw up Sada, so I threw up Sada midway back as my shadows went down, and I lost a significant amount of HP. Sure. The White Mage then tells in party chat, you need to make sure that you are throwing up Sada before you go out because you're losing way too much, you know, HP and it's wasting my MP. I know that, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it was. But they uh, don't. Yeah. They yeah. don't know that you know. Yeah, that's true. Some people just have bad days. It's it is true, and and you know, we've had a bad day oh, like yeah. that, especially with my white mage, which I tried my best to do, and then things just went downhill and i thought that another goblin was coming toward us in the dunes which would have been certain death because not even half our party was there at the time yeah and i round i wound up running because i the thing came within inches of us sure and somehow it did not link 
and then I just started getting flames from the people saying it was all my fault. Well, sure, I was a white mage and I did run, but that's because I thought. Well, the white the white mage is supposed to be the first to run. Mm-hmm. They should be the first. The last one to run should be the tank. And Period. he should be running in the opposite direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, if you know, I mean, if you know that there's really not that much hope of of you know of, of zoning, yeah, run the opposite way. I thought that was common sense, and apparently it's not. No, no. It, apparently, some people think that even if you're a white mage, you're supposed to go down with the party. Oh yeah, and and you know, um, and and the same has to be said if you are in a bad party and you think that you're better than anyone than anyone else in that party. Just leave. There's no reason to to flame them and shout. There's no reason to, you know, uh, to really smear their name. You hear us. You hear how much we complain about bad players because bad players are really annoying. And they They are. They ruin the game experience. And not, I mean, not necessarily. There's a difference between having, and I want to state this again, there's a difference between having a really bad player and someone who just doesn't know the job yet. And despite how many times we talk about bad players, and I know that it's a negative subject and I don't want to keep bringing it up, but you've never heard us mention one person's name on this show that has been bad. Why? Because there's no need to flame anyone. Uh, I'd also like to throw out there that um, as a leader, okay, you have the not just the right but the obligation to do what's best for the party yeah okay? if someone's dragging it down right boot them i mean just because they invited you there's there's no uh obligation that says they have to keep you in the party they don't owe you anything absolutely whatever is best for the party is what should come first yeah and mm-hmm. i mean if i've ever, ever ever in a party you know they're like hey guys you know we need this white mage but they won't come unless their friend can come on you know, I'll drop the party. Sure. It, it, it's really not that big of a deal, and you can always get another party for six more people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, this also extends into other areas, except you know, other than partying. Of course, it extends into camping as well. And uh, I know that I, I've been I've been guilty of poor camping etiquette, uh, and. <laughs> That came one night when it was really late, and I was camping Leaping Lizzie for, like, the ninth night in a row for, like, five hours at a time. It was the most uh, – For somebody's bounding boots. Yes. <laughs> Kahlo, Kahlo was helping me, you know, extensively, and um, and it was – oh, man. It, it was just a bad night, and finally it – it was, I think, after six hours, six straight hours of just killing lizards, Leaping Lizzie popped. And someone who who had just been running through claimed her, and and I don't know if I don't know if he got the drop or not, but uh, I ended up I ended up saying some you know saying something uh, about it, and um, you know we we kind of got into it in, into a tell fight, and then you know I I did finally say you know look i'm sorry i was out of line i shouldn't have said anything you know i apologize but it shouldn't it shouldn't have to get to that point if you're camping a monster and somebody else gets the claim just let it go it's fine you've been out there for seven hours it's seven hours of of your time wasted but no one said you had to be out there camping that nm and everyone's just everyone's got just as as much right to claim it as you do don't complain about somebody else getting a claim Absolutely, and um, there's a difference too between camping etiquette, I think, and farming etiquette. Sure. Um, yeah. A perfect example of where you want to you want good farming etiquette is in Gideos. A lot of people for their Utsut Semi quest will farm uh, Yagudos. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you might get lucky; you're the only one out there. 
that's fine. I don't see any problem with training the zone and AOEing them. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if there is four or five, uh, you know, level twenties and thirties out there killing them one at a time, and you're like a level seventy-five mage, mm-hmm. you go around linking all of them, then AOEing them, you know, and that's just that's just rude. It, it is. That's rude. just yeah. distasteful. I mean, I remember when I was farming for mine. There was another paladin out there. He was running around along right behind me, and I was killing them fast enough to where I could take each one to where he'd get there just in time to see it die. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here and there, I'd skip over one or two. And he even sent me a tell saying, hey, you know, uh, thanks for uh, sharing these with me. You know, yeah. a lot of people, they tend not to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's not that big a deal. Also, a point on etiquette and party party situations. I've been asked as a Beastmaster, you know, can you share these beetles with us? I was in the desert fighting beetles, and I've been asked, can you share these with us? I'm like... You know, if you're going to ask me, that's fine. Don't just come in and overcamp me. But since they sent yeah. me a tell, I was willing to cooperate with them and move to the other side. And we both got experience. Sure. And, and you know, that's that's actually a really good point is that most people are, are just like you and me. They're sane, rational, totally, you know, like, you know, fine, level-headed people. Um, and if, if you're just, you know, honest and open with them and saying, you know, and asking, not demanding, not, you know, being needy, um, then most, most, most people in general will be willing to, uh, to work with you and, and, you know, no one wants to go out there and kill your XP. Mm-hmm. Um, actually talking about people like that reminds me of, um, my very first farming experience it was going all right. Um, granted, I was training mobs so I can har- harvest beehive chips. Yeah, AOE. Yeah. And um, I was training them, and then I was just killing them one at a time once I had them all, because I was the only one out there going specifically after this mob. Sure. Then this player just saw me do it once in front of him and he started sending me multiple tells telling me you're not the only one playing this game you're an asshole how dare you do this and i just told him hey 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 wait one i'm sorry that i did that i didn't know you were after the same mob two do not call me an asshole especially when i do not know you're after the same thing sure and that was the first time i found out and then I tried to be nice to him, and I left a few. And then later on, when I told him my whole predicament about spells being expensive and I hate farming, but it's necessary, he told me to leave and go to Dem to farm. Really? Yes. It should also be mentioned, too, you uh, uh, said that before he even had this outburst, too, that uh, there's a couple times you walk by him, you even threw him a couple of cures, keeping him alive when some mobs almost cut him down. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the fact that that you're healing this guy, keeping him from dying, and then he has the audacity to try and cut you down for, you know, farming the mobs. It wasn't just him that I was curing. I was curing the other people that have that went up there to level, and I would see their HP dropping. I think I even saved some people from dying a few times. It, it it was really, really, really disrespectful, and it hurt. It really did hurt. Mm-hmm. Was that on the hill in North Gustaberg? Yes. Yeah, that place is generally the best for farming beehive chips. Oh yeah, There's especially uh, you know, and especially at your level where you can almost one shot them. I mean, that's it, that's even re- fighting. I can two shot them. Yeah. With, oh sure, with a club right. That's another thing about farming that uh, uh, a lot of 
people accuse you of. You know, uh, like you're you're a higher level and lower level areas farming, and you have people say, if you, you know, you're such a high level, why don't you go someplace else? You know, mm-hmm. the whole p- point of farming is is to try to get money as fast as you can, sure. so you're not spending the whole time doing it. Right. And so cutting that's down why, people's you know, chances of leveling. Yeah, I mean, I've caught a lot of flack for uh, uh, for uh, farming on Vomp Hill, which is right out uh, right out on Gustaberg, and um. You know, and I'd go there as, you know, 71 Dark Knight, and I would get a lot of tells, a lot of tells saying, you know, well, why are you here? Well, the easy answer is, is that Sanctuary of Zeta has about nine people that are trying to get tree clippings. Uh, but the gubus out there, I mean, it, you know, with 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 tree cuttings, it's really, you know, that's really a, a it's hard to get them. Oh yeah, it's not it's not a one shot deal. It's not you know for every gubu you kill, you get a tree clipping. It's more like for every five that you kill, you get you might. might get you might get one clipping. And and that being said, with nine people out there, and for it only popping, you know, for them only popping really in that one spot near uh, near the Boyhada tree. It's really tough to even get a claim on one, much less get the you know get a full stack in in five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last the last part about etiquette um, is really link shell etiquette because there. Are, uh, look, I'll be honest. I'll be quite frank with you. I've seen a lot of assholes in a lot of link shells. Um, what you got to keep in mind is that not everyone has the same mind frame that you do not the same term you know the terminology that you use with your friends isn't necessarily going to fly on this link shell unless you know unless they're your friends but you know it, it especially be, especially coming into a new link shell you have to be courteous about oh absolutely everyone. absolutely and i can't tell you i can't tell you how many offensive things i've seen in link shells but the number one thing is sexual harassment towards women in the link shell it is ridiculous i mean granted mostly guys play this game i i don't think that that's a mystery i think it's probably 80 percent 20 percent men and women It, it it's it's a fact yeah and i mean that being said you know of course in link shells sometimes you know people flirt but there's a difference between flirting and sexual harassment. And there, there's one guy, there's one guy on Titan. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't, I don't want to, you know, flame here. But he was in, he was in a link shell of mine for a little bit, and he is just a notorious, notorious sexual harasser. And I mean, towards everyone. Everyone? Not, I mean, uh, towards every woman. Mm. Towards every single woman. Yay, womanizers. Mm-hmm. And I think every. Uh Sir, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows of someone like this. Uh, I had a friend who almost quit because she wouldn't cyber with uh, this guy. And because she refused, and be- because she refused him, he started shouting in Juno, calling her different obscene names and whatnot. And now, that, sh- that should be right there. That should be, that should be ban material. Right, exactly. That should be grounds for banning. And uh, But, you know, uh, she said she didn't want to get into that. You know, she didn't want to go through the whole thing, and she almost quit because of it. But, wow. You know. See that? Now, th- those those are the stories that really, truly make me sad. Yeah. Because there's no reason that anyone should be made to feel uncomfortable on this game. There's even a link shell that I've been going to quite a bit lately that um, I I have some really, really, really close friends. And I've heard some horror stories about how they come in at the wrong time and get yeah. and get accused of some things like one of my friends, I'm not going to name any names, mm-hmm. got accused 
for hacking really an, an ex-girlfriend's uh account no kidding and all of a sudden they this person and her new girlfriend just started shredding her name getting people against her it, it was ridiculous and hearing something like that i almost wanted to quit and it didn't even happen to me i mean if you have a problem with someone else you talk to them you don't shout and juno or to other people about it just be the bigger person and confront them yourself yeah absolutely and 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 confront them privately too some people just don't have the common sense to be courteous yeah. like that don't, and don't make it a public and, spectacle and keep it private i I can't tell you how bad I feel for these friends of mine that just go through all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this game's supposed to be something that for everyone to have fun. Let me uh, cut that. Uh, is supposed to be a world that you know we can go to to get away from stuff like that. You know, it's supposed to be a safe place, some place that we can go, you know, to hang friends. out with our friends. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's just it's sad when people when people ruin a good gaming environment, and it's been done you know it's been done to so many other games. I've seen so many other games go the way of uncaring GMs and and what seems like an uncaring company. And uh, what's what's good is that Square Enix seems to be really on top of it. Um, as far as because there's nothing worse than m- missing out on meeting a great person because someone had to ruin the game for them. Sure. Uh, another example too. Uh, just recently, I had got into uh, a link shell that uh, I thought was superb. Mm-hmm. And after one incident, because of one member in that link shell, mm-hmm. I dropped the shell. Yeah. Because um, after seeing how the leader dealt with it, it, was a really nice guy. But after seeing how he dealt with it, you know, I said to myself, "This isn't gonna stop." Yeah. You know, this this time it did, but it's just gonna keep coming, and I don't want to to deal with that. Well, Moving right along, we got an email from a fan named Salazar, and uh, he writes in wondering what um, newer players can do to get money easily, which actually ties in with another topic that a lot of people are concerned about, and that's gaining fame in the different nations, and the easiest way to do that is repeatable quests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Argent Lamb, why don't you uh, start us on repeatable quests in Winders? All right. Well, most of these repeatable quests in Windurst are in uh, Windurst Woods. To start it off, one of the easiest ones is to do the uh, Crawler Calculus quest. That is right in the right next to the Dommel Farm near the Mithra Groves in Windurst Woods. So you talk to Ilu Baha. She is a Mithra that stands right next to the Dommel Farm. And what you do, you trade three Crawler Calculuses or three pieces of silver thread to her and with this quest you can get uh 200 gil and uh, i'd also like to point out that um if you're going for fame or if, or if you're going for gil uh just you can usually sell the silk threads in stacks mm-hmm. for a lot more money on the auction houses oh but sure the crawler calculuses really don't have any other use so yes they're the best thing to use for that particular quest the next person in Windurst Woods is Tapo Lise. She wants either three beehive chips and you get 150 gil for that or two Remy shells for 200 gil. And like the other quest, the you can sell the beehive chips for stacks of 12 on the auction house for much more. So it would be a lot better just to get two Remy shells and get the 200 gil for that. Sure. Um, and... 
the last quest in Windrush Woods isn't oh. for Windy Fame. Yes, and it, but it's the it's the one it's the most done quest in Windy probably. Yeah, it's uh the Yagudo necklaces to the cat burglar. She is also in the Mithra Groves, which is in the northeast area of the map. Uh, what you do, you trade her for Yagudo necklaces, and she gives you two hundred gil for that. And the this quest is used mostly to get fame for Norg. So that you can do the quest for the Utsu Semi Scroll. Yeah. And for that, you need to trade at least 200 Yagudo necklaces to her. So that's about 50, 50 trade ins total. And then another really good quest to do is if you have an airship pass, this is strictly for fame, you talk to Yaran Oran in Windurst Waters, and he wants uh, something from Mandy's. Now, you can go to Bastuk and buy cornets from the music shop in Bastuk. Take the airship back to Windy, and then trade him all the cornets that you just bought. You only lose 50 gil per cornet, and depending on your fame in Bastuk, it can be even less. Yeah. That depends on what place Bastok is in in the rankings. I know if they're in third, they do not they do not have cornets in stock at their music shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Actually, I've uh, Bastok is almost always in last. No, wait, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's usually in last. <laughs> in, in, well, at least on your server. Yeah, on, yeah. on Odin, Bastok is almost always in last, and I've always been able to buy cornets from there, from the magic shop. Really, I've, I've known, like, people have asked me to go buy them, and I'm like, you know, they're not there. I don't know if it was a. Are you sure? Maybe it it may be they the may have been sold out though. Yeah, that's, music, do they that's really sell out? Music yeah, shops? I know. I know shops do sell. I know. Uh, for example, the uh, the Gilt little chocobo well, the no, the little Taru girl that uh, you can get a chocobo egg from up in uh, Rulud Gardens. She'll her inventory will run out, and you'll have to wait like a uh, either a real time day or a Vana deal day to uh, for her uh, inventory to restock. I think it was a Vana deal day. I'm not sure. I don't even remember. All right, uh, so moving right along then, um, Gamer, uh, both, well, all three of you, you, Annie, and uh, Sale are all from Bastok, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the uh, repeatable quests to do in Bastok? Well, this quest isn't really in Bastok, but I think this is the best fame quest that you can do. It gives you fame in Sandy and, and Bastok, as well as Juno, since it's based on the three cities. The average of the three. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what you do is you can either get Millicorn, Cabbages, or moss from the auction house and you trade them to a um actually the best way to do it is um i don't i don't know the, the region exactly but um there's a vendor in Bastok that sells cabbages fairly cheap so uh that you can buy you know in just huge quantities so if you have a lot of fame there then it's even less well the true but you're usually doing it for fame it's it's actually a regional vendor from uh so it can be in any of the three cities and it's lathane cabbage so it would be in Kolshu, i think Kolshushu. is if that's where lathane plateau is oh yeah. no lathane plateau is in zolkheim all right so it'll be the Zol- Zol- the zolkheim vendor in any of the three cities hmm. and also, if you yeah, like you said, if you can get cabbage for less than twenty gil each. You can actually make money doing this quest. Yeah. And if you can get some moss for less than six hundred each on the auction house, you can make money that way. I've got nine k, or I'm, I'm sorry, I've got nine stacks of moss sitting in my in my uh, uh, mog house right now. That is enough fame to get you at least level five in Juno, I think. Yeah. Also, a quest in Bastok that everyone should do, even if you don't level black mages, the warp scroll. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a simple quest. You trade in a vial of slime oil to a guy in the metalworks. I think it's Ataru. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's near Sid, actually, isn't he? Yeah, he sure yeah. is. If he's near yeah. Sid, then he mm-hmm. has to be a Gulk. He's oh, wait, under no, no, first not. level. Yeah, you're right. He is, on, the first first level. he is on the first level. Next to a machine, and you need slime oil. You give him slime oil, you get a warp scroll. You go anywhere between 10 to... I've seen 100k for him. Yeah. They're really valuable. Um, oh. uh, Another quest um, that takes place in Bastok that people tend to do um, instead of the Yagudo necklaces is the zinc ore, which you can get off of various worms. You can also mine it, mm-hmm. and uh, then you trade it to an NPC in uh, Port Bastok. Yeah, there's even worms inside of the mines that you can fight and get zinc ore from inside of Bastok itself. As a miner, I know that you can get a lot of zinc ore in uh, you yeah. got Grotto. If you go there, I know zinc is very common there. Which, uh, actually, speaking of you got Grotto, uh, when it comes to Sandaria fame and repeatable quests, hands down, one of the easiest ways to get uh, Sandaria fame is to go into you got Grotto, train all the bats, and then AoE them at the end. Um, as a thief... Yes, around, I've done this uh, many times. As a thief around level 50, um, if I AoE all of them, I'll get anywhere between one to two stacks. Yeah, in, of in, bat wings. In, in, of bat wings in, in one run. And for every two bat wings, I think you get 200 gil for trading them in. Yep. To the guy, uh, as soon as you... If, if you zone in from West Ronfair into Northern Sandaria, then start heading towards Port Bastot, or I'm sorry, Port Sandaria... He's right there as you zone into the big the guild section. Mm-hmm. Also, a quest you can do is trade in black tiger fangs. If you get three of them, you get 2,100 gil. Again, you can farm them from tigers or even buy them from the auction house. Sometimes you can make a little money that way. No, it's nice. And uh, for the lower level players, too, um, there's an NPC in southern Sandaria who you can trade rabbit, hide, rabbit skins, rabbit hides to, and he'll... Uh, pay you gil for those and there's another one too where you can turn in sheepskins both of which are uh you know pretty common commodities when leveling in ron fair moving on to uh other cities for example uh rabao and also the one in the jungle uh kazam kazam fame is based off of windy and rabao is based off of sandy fame so you know you kind of go on those since i know they don't have their own uh npcs that tell you the fame level yeah all right, well, we're coming to the uh, to the final portions of the show. Uh, we want to take a look at uh, some of the emails that you've been sending over the last week. All right, uh, this first one is from Soldier Cloud, a 68 monk from Fairy Server, and he writes, In response to your question, which is better for support, Bard, Red Mage, or Corsair? Well, my opinion as a 68 monk would have to be Bard. I haven't had many parties with Corsair, so I haven't experienced how effective they can be in a party. But I have partied with Red Mage and Bard. Yeah, Red Mages have their place in a party, but they don't do much for a monk. Well, Bards have their buffs that do amazing things for melee. I love my last party with a Bard, where he put Minuet 3 and 4 on me, stacked with my food, putting my attack well over 500 before Berserk. Just in pure damage, I was tanking over our Paladin, even with him spamming every spell, Voke, and ability to get hate. By the end of the party, he gave up tanking and let me take over. The XP was going by just as fast with no downtime and fast experience chains. I ended up with about 20k in experience in that party at Babiki Bay. Wow. <laughs> impressive. That is impressive. Mm. You know, if a paladin is really having trouble tanking and you know they're trying their best and they just for some reason cannot get hate, that's the cue just for the paladin to throw on some damage dealing gear and just start dealing damage. Paladins can be very good damage dealers if they 
have the gear for it they have the high, their strength stat is as high as their vitality at times mm-hmm. or uh the monk could even uh consider getting some uh negative enmity gear i part of with a monk one time who threw on full crow set and um he was doing you know just as much uh damage but it gave the paladin a little bit more of an edge to keep the hate now now let me ask you guys something how often is it that um you'll get into a party and uh let's say a secondary cl- uh, a secondary tank class like a monk or a warrior or uh you know in in my opinion even a ninja but um you know a, a job that that is not normally used for uh, tanking uh, will come in and end up doing so much damage and pulling down so much hate that there it, it makes him it makes it impossible for you to tank. How often does that happen? I had a party recently where there was an actual warrior who was few levels higher than me, but was doing so much more damage that I could not keep hate. He was all ducked out in the best gear, so I said, you know, forget it. I'm gonna put on some damage dealing gear. Eat strength food yeah. and i was doing i parsed at 17 percent of the damage for the party wow for a paladin that's yeah for really a pa- i mean it, you don't hear about damage dealing paladins very often no and uh and and i think that that's uh, that's a really great point that you bring up that paladins can be can be good damage dealers when yeah. they need to be yeah i also had another party where around the 70 range where i contributed 24 percent of the damage wow while having a 93 percent accuracy and tanking no kidding at the same time i had damage i mixed damage dealing gear with edmonty gear Mm -hmm. so i could tank and deal damage at the same time wow that sounds almost impressive as woza of course we all know your opinion on that guy yeah i love you woza (laughs) (laughs) um arge what about you how many uh, how often do you lose hate it's i haven't really had a party where I haven't really had a party where I've had a damage dealer deal that much damage yet. Yeah. Since we stacked at level 30-ish. Yeah, but that was when I had only my shield bash. Thank you, Kala. No, I'm pretty sure you had Vulcan Flash 2, and my 300 Tachi NP still took it away. But, uh... Go ahead, go ahead, keep going. And that's his ego boost for this episode. There, there's the death stare from Argent. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next email. Uh, this one uh, comes from a, a gentleman by the name of Joshua, and uh, he says, uh, "My friends and I have recently uh, become a huge fan of your podcast. I stumbled upon it uh, while sifting through a podcast directory, and with a name like Limit Break Radio, I had to check it out. <laughs> uh, after listening to the first episode, I was hooked and told all." my nerdy gamer friends about it and they thought it was uh, just just great um it is now the topic of discussion at the bar where i work i was not planning on playing final fantasy 11 but after finding limit break radio i think i'm going to give it a try just wanted to let you know that we love you guys and keep limit break radio going p.s sale is everybody's favorite Aww. i'd like to point out really quick that our fan base doesn't just include nerdy gamers there's a lot of hot girls out there too that listen to us Prove it. Uh, Prove it. Spaz's mom, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, we want to thank you, Joshua, for uh, sending in the email. And this shout out goes to you and all of your, quote, nerdy gamer friends at the bar that you guys frequent. So love uh, you guys. Thank you for having me as your favorite. Make sure you sign up on Odin. (laughs) It's an honor. Yeah, Titan. Actually, you know what? 
Um, I do want to extend that offer to anyone right now that if you if you hear us and you want to join the game and you want to be on either Odin or Titan, uh, Titan or uh, Pand- Pandemonium or really any any server that you want, we will be willing to track down a world pass for you. If you want world passes to our servers, we'd be more than happy to, to get them for you. Yeah, just give us an email. Yeah, just shoot us an email. Or uh, even put it on the forums. Yeah, absolutely. We'd be we'd be more than happy to bring we want to bring anyone into the game that is that is you know really gonna enjoy it um and another thing uh we have a new program that we'd like to uh start doing uh every show and that's the adventure of the week and now uh how how this is gonna happen is we want you guys to go ahead and take a look at the people that you play with you know find those extraordinary players that stand out among the rest of the vine deal populace and if you think they have what it takes Shoot us, you know, any of the hosts an email. Uh, go ahead and send us a PM on the forums, telling us why you think that they should be nominated as Adventurer of the Week, and uh, we'll pick out who we think for that week deserves to be acknowledged on the show, and they'll get a shout out, personal shout out, along with um, the reason why. It'll it'll be an honor to introduce these people that have gone above and beyond what they sh- could do in order to make another person's whole entire experience yeah that much better that's a good point we we don't we didn't start this to to really like you know get people excited oh my name is going to be set on limit break radio i did it for the girls okay well that's just you Kahlo did it for the girls but the and the money and the money but the reason that we actually did it is because we do want to highlight phenomenal players and and it's not it, the honor is not yours to be mentioned on our show. The honor is ours to be lucky enough to be talking about you guys. I nominate myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another thing. Um, you can't nominate yourself. Uh, you know. Uh, it, although although you know what? Fine, I'll put a nomination up for you. Even though I've never seen you play, mm-hmm. but you know and your knowledge. Won't you, ever get you, the you've definitely you've you've been, you've been knowledgeable enough. I got credentials. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Damn you do, yeah. And then there's Spaz and I wanted to nominate Spaz. <laughs> Spaz. Ah, I beat you. <laughs> I'll nominate Spaz's mom. Damn, beat me <laughs> to it. I was expecting Archie to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Spaz, don't thousand needles us, please. <laughs> no, we all just have to go up and attack him at once, so it'll be spread to all of us. Yeah, that's true. Have Wait, true. Fun. Have I don't, fun. You know, that's a good point. Why did why did Spaz even tell us that? I would I would <laughs> that would not have been the blue mage. Exactly. They, he just and gave I away a major I said that. Yeah, way to go. <sighs> nerf is not acceptable on this program. No. You may not use that kind of terminology, mister. Going back though to that whole thing about Spaz, um, you know, throwing out that uh, you know, how, how to beat blue mages, you know, that's almost as contradictory as me coming on and telling people my farming and uh, money-making techniques. Mm-hmm. It just isn't going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I'm still shocked that he said that I, I, about Blue Mage. He, he, honestly, though, I wouldn't have even thought that. I honestly wouldn't have even thought to, to have everyone bum rush a Blue Mage if he, if he starts using Thousand Needles. I didn't know it was AoE. Yeah, I didn't I either. Didn't I and, totally didn't either. And now we do, and uh, sorry all future Blue Mages. Uh, the last thing that we want to mention before we take off is that the contest for winning Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus is still open we are still accepting macros we're going to be accepting macros all the way up until uh september 18th at midnight eastern that's the cutoff point that's when we will not accept anymore we've had quite a few submissions and let me tell you they're they're the the competition the competition's heavy man if you want if you want to get your macros and get them in get them in soon 
because the judging has already started. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for the official rules, you can visit our site at LimitBreakRadio.com and know that uh, there isn't a limit to how many you can submit. So just keep them rolling. The more you submit, the better chance you have to win. Absolutely. All right, that's it for us this week. I'm Nero. Keep listening. Uh, when the going gets tough, I'll be long gone. I'm Kahlo. And when you really need me, eh, check my warp point. I'm Sale. And here's Argelam once again turning out the nightlight. And here's Gamer crafting away again. And again. And again. And again. And again. And again. That's it. Good night. And again. Fantasy Tetramaster and Vanadilla registered trademarks of Square Enix. Square Enix and Plan Line are trademarks of Square Enix. Limit Break and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.